My name's John Redmond from First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I hope that you are doing well out there today. I'm not sure where you might be listening from or what you might be going through, but I am hopeful and prayerful that this program today will be a blessing to you, that it will be an encouragement to you. Let me give you a little bit of the background before we get into the actual uh, sermon today so it'll make a little bit of sense to you. I preached a sermon in our church recently out of John chapter 8 and verse 12, where Jesus said that he is the light of the world. And in fact, in our last program, we talked about all the benefits of walking in the light, how we sin less and we uh, have less conflict in our lives and we have less coldness and less fear and a lot of benefits to walking in the light. But at the end of that sermon, I told a story about how an awareness of God's presence is the key to really walking in the light. In fact, I told two stories. And to be honest with you, I had not planned on airing on the radio those two stories because even though I thought they were pretty good, I thought, well, it wouldn't make sense just to put those stories on the radio if people didn't really have any kind of context or background that and from which those stories were told. But then I decided, no, we'll go ahead and broadcast that because there may be, in fact, I think there would be many people listening today, and you may be one of those people who have lost the awareness of God's presence in your life. You believe in God, you love God, but it just perhaps anyway seems like God is not as real to you now as he has been at other times. And you know, we read in the scripture sometimes that God hides himself. There are different passages in the Bible that talks about God hides himself sometimes from us, and he does that in order to test us. Sometimes we pray and we don't hear an answer to our prayers. Sometimes uh, it's just like we don't sense God in our lives with us. And that can be a very disheartening thing. I can think of a time in my own life when I just felt like God had hidden his face from me. It's like the heavens had become brass and and uh, my prayers were just bouncing off the ceiling and the close intimacy with God that I normally enjoy. It was just like I wasn't enjoying that at that time in, in my life. And for me, uh, at that time, it wasn't necessarily that there was any sin. I mean, we all sin, I know that, but it's not like that I was doing anything that had caused that to happen. What happened to me at this time in my life, I had gotten burnt out in my work. I had been working too hard and been doing too much, and I had not had enough leisure time and downtime in my life. And And during that time, it was like, I felt like anyway, that God had hidden his face from me. And that God was just not as close to me as he seemed to be. And I just had a very hard time with that. But anyway, as I worked through that process and made some adjustments to my schedule at work and tried to have a little more balance in my life, one of the things that helped me come through that discouraging time in my life was an awareness of God's presence. In fact, I remember praying, and I said to God, I said, God, if I could just have an awareness of your presence, I think that would just pull me out of this downness that I'm in. 
and uh, it would just be all that I would need to be back okay and to feel like myself. I just need an awareness of your presence. And in my own life, in the process of time, God did just that for me. He gave me an awareness of his presence. And so maybe today that's what you need. More than anything, you just need to know that God is right there with you. Now, the way we know he's with us is because of his word. He promises to never leave us and to never forsake us. But during those times when we can't feel his presence and we don't see anything happening in our lives, those are the times we really have to just hunker down and walk by faith and say, God, I trust you even though I don't feel your presence right now. And an awareness of his presence sometimes is the most important thing that any of us need. So, friend, no matter what things may look like in your life, no matter how you may feel right now, no matter if you hear God or don't hear God, circumstances are getting better or even worse, none of that matters. God is still with you. His presence is right there with you. And I hope that this little part of a, of a sermon that I preached will encourage you today to focus on the presence of God in your life. And I hope you enjoy what you're about to hear. Walking in the light is having a relationship with Jesus. It is real. It means something to you. How do we do that? How do we go about walking in the light? Well, jot this down in your outline. Here's how you walk in the light. By living every moment of every day with an awareness of His presence and an obedience to His Word. Now, I want to say that again. That's how you walk in the light, by living every moment of every day. It's a moment-by-moment thing. It would be possible for you to have been walking with Jesus this morning and something happened this afternoon and you're not walking with Him right now. It's moment-by-moment. To walk in the light, here's how you do it. It's, it's by living every moment of every day with an awareness of His presence, wherever you are in your life, to have an awareness of His presence and an obedience to His Word. Now, let's think about, first of all, that obedience to His Word first. Again, Jesus said to that lady, I forgive you for everything you've done wrong. Don't do it again. And then He said, here's how not to do it again. Remember, I'm the light of the world. The person who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He was saying to that lady, here's how you sin no more follow me, stay close to me, have a relationship with me that is so real. And so certainly a big part of walking in the light is being obedient to Jesus and doing what he tells you to do. So I think we would all agree with that. But notice this other thing I've said, because this is where my heart is tonight. It's not only by being obedient, but watch this, by living every moment of every day with an awareness of His presence. That's the thing lately that has been on my mind and in my heart, an awareness of God's presence. And I was thinking not many days ago, if a person had an awareness of God's presence, I think that would change everything about that person's life. In fact, you think about this. What do you think is the greatest need in a human being's life? What do you think that the greatest need is? Well, certainly, our greatest need is to be forgiven and to be saved. I mean, that's everybody's greatest need. But how about after we got saved? You say, I've already been saved. Some of you have been saved for many years. So what is the greatest need in the life of a believer? If you would have asked me that question even six months ago, you know what I think I would have said? I would have said the greatest need in the life of a believer is wisdom. 
And people used to ask me all the time, John, what can I pray for you? People still ask me. I say, and I would always say wisdom. For years I said that. And I said it based on, in 1 Kings chapter 3, God appeared to Solomon one night. And God said, Solomon, you can ask whatever you want to ask for, and I'll give it to you. And Solomon said to the Lord, I need wisdom. And God was pleased with Solomon's request. And he gave him, became the wisest king who ever lived. But as you study the life of Solomon, I was reading it in my Bible a few months ago about Solomon's life. Even though he was wise, he ends up with 700 wives, 300 girlfriends, worshiping foreign gods. His heart, the Bible says, turned away from the Lord. So that says to me, there's something more important than wisdom. Because the wisest man in the world, at the end, he didn't finish well. So you would say, well, you're right. What's more important than wisdom is obedience. And that is right. Obedience is even more important than wisdom. But what I'm saying is, there's something, I wouldn't say it's more important than obedience, but there's something that's right up there with obedience that is very important, something that every Christian needs in his or her life, and that is an awareness of the presence of God. So many of the problems we have, especially problems that deal with fear, and though, you know, anything that's a cousin or a brother or sister of fear If we just had an awareness of the presence of God in our lives, it would change all of that. Let me give you a scripture verse to write down. In the book of Psalms, in chapter 16, this is one of my favorite verses, and I want to read it so I don't quote it wrong. Psalm 16 and verse number 11, listen to what David said. You will show me the path of life. Now listen to this next part. In your presence is fullness of joy. You see, an awareness of God's presence is not only the solution to fear, it's the solution to misery. It's the solution to unhappiness. It's the solution to joylessness. It's the solution to a life with no real purpose. It's the solution to negativity. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, watch this, are pleasures forevermore. So the Bible is saying that In God's presence, there's not only joy, but there's pleasures, there's happiness. All this is found in God's presence. And so what we need is an awareness of God's presence. If you ask me, you come up to me after church tonight and say, John, what can I pray for you? Well, I wish you'd pray for wisdom, obedience, that I would sin less, that I would be a better Christian, that my faith would grow. I wish you'd just pray everything you can think of that'd be good. But one of the things I would treasure more than anything else would be that you would pray for me God, give him an awareness of your presence. You see, I'm up here saying, I, and sometimes I do feel like it would really be better if we could have had it like the disciples had it, where we could have seen Jesus. But then I'm reminded of what Jesus said in John 16 when he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And he said to those disciples, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I go away, I will send the Holy Spirit. He'll be with you and in you and so on. Jesus was saying, it is better for you to have the Holy Spirit living in you than it would be to have me right there beside you. Now, that tells you how special the Holy Spirit is. Because Jesus is saying, it's better to have him in your heart than it is me in the flesh. So what we need is an awareness of God's presence. Now, I want to share something I did not long ago that was a blessing to me, and I'm just passing it on to you tonight as something for you to consider doing in your own life. Now, not too awfully long ago, I was going somewhere one day, and I was by myself, and I was a little bit, just a little bit nervous about this thing that I was going on. 
And just no big deal, nothing to do with my health, nothing like that. It was just something I was doing. And I was just driving down the road, and I was a little bit nervous. And I started thinking about what I'm talking to you about tonight, about the presence of God. And I thought, Lord, now by the way, this is a good question. If I were to ask you tonight, where is Jesus? What's the answer to that question? Well, I'll tell you where Jesus is. He's above us in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. He's living inside of our hearts in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's right next to us as the friend who sticks closer than a brother. He's leading us. He's our leader because he said, follow me. But did you know there's a sense in which Jesus is coming along behind us? Isaiah 52, 12 says that God is our rear guard. Psalm 23 and verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall what? Follow me. So Jesus is everywhere. He's above us. He's in us. He's next to us. He's in front of us. He's behind us. So I'm driving down the road one day in my car. Genoa Red Bluff. So I was driving down Genoa Red Bluff. And I was a little bit nervous. And I just got thinking about God's presence. And I don't know, I, I kind of do know where this came from, but I didn't expect it to happen quite like this. In my imagination, now I'm going to call it my sanctified imagination, but maybe just my imagination, I started imagining Jesus in the back seat of my forerunner. I know he's in my heart. I know he's next to me. I know he's leading me. But I just got to imagining Jesus sitting in the back seat. And I started talking to him. And I said, Lord, I, I just feel in my heart, I know you're with me everywhere I go. And I, I don't know why I'm thinking necessarily about you being in my back seat today. But I'm just thinking about it. And in my mind, I just got to thinking what would Jesus be doing if he were sitting in my back seat? Well, I just driving along, having this little thought thing in my mind. And for some reason, I started imagining Jesus falling asleep in the back seat. <laughs> and the reason I thought about that is because in, in the Gospels, we read one time, Jesus was on the Sea of Galilee in the boat with the disciples, and there was a bad storm, and they were all nervous. And Jesus fell asleep. Now, I know the Bible says God never sleeps and he never slumbers. So you don't have to email me that this week and correct me. I know that he doesn't sleep. I'm just saying I got to imagining Jesus kind of drifting off. Because in, when we imagine Jesus in his humanity, he did sleep. And when I imagine Jesus drifting off to sleep in my back seat, I just thought this to myself. Well, if he's not any more worried than that, then I'm not going to be worried either. And that may sound silly to you, but there was something about imagining Jesus taking a nap in the back seat of my car that gave me a peace. Now, some of you take a nap every time I preach, and that doesn't give me any peace. <laughs> but thinking about Jesus taking a nap when I was a little bit nervous about something gave me a real peace. And so I, it, I, I, I just thought, man, I've got to, I just look back in my rearview mirror, and I just see in my mind's eye. I just see Jesus, and I think, well, if he's not worried, I'm not worried either. And so the next time I got in my car, I was driving down Genoa Red Bluff again. And I said, I'm going to do that again because I really enjoy it. That just, makes, that just makes Jesus feel all the more close to me. And so I just was driving along, and I said, well, Lord, I'm just glad that you're with me in my car right now while I'm fixing to drive to where I'm going. And I said, Lord, what are you thinking back there today? I said, the last time we did this, you fell asleep on me. And I said, now, what are you thinking about now? 
And in my mind's eye, now this is an imagination, in my mind's eye, I just could see Jesus looking at the other cars on the road, looking at the houses that people live in. And I just got to thinking, if Jesus were in my car right now, not only would he not be worried about some of the things that sometimes cause me to be nervous and worried, but Jesus would be thinking about other people and who lives here, who's driving this car, what is that person's need? This person needs to get saved. And so as I started driving down Genoa Red Bluff, instead of worrying about something that maybe I would be more likely to worry about, I found myself thinking and praying for the people driving in their cars. I said, God, I don't know these people. Maybe they, some of them need to get saved. I don't know who lives in all these houses. I pray, God, that people will be saved in those houses. And I did that twice. And I know some of you may think that's silly and crazy, and maybe it is to do that. But just having those two experiences, imagining Jesus riding with me in the back of my car, you know what it was like God said to me? It was like God said to me, John, as you go through life, if you will get your mind upward and outward instead of inward, you'll have a lot better life. In other words, if you'll spend more of your energy thinking about me and thinking about other people and less of your time thinking about you, then you're going to have a better life. Now, I want to be clear about something. You still listen and say Amen. When I'm driving down the road thinking about Jesus, I'm not imagining Jesus into existence. I mean, Jesus is not my imaginary friend. Jesus is real. I understand that. Now, but I'm just saying, as we walk by faith, sometimes we have to do things to help remind us that He's there. I was talking to a friend last week, and she was telling me there was a time in her life she was going through some some stress and, and all kinds of things. And one day she was worried about something and she got in her car to go somewhere and she said, Lord, I know that you're with me, but I just need a rem- I know you're here, but I just need a reminder. She was in the car by herself and she reached over and she took the seatbelt on the passenger side and she just buckled Jesus in. And she said, now, Lord, I know that may sound silly to you, but it helps me just to, remind, just to be reminded that you are right here with me. And so what I'm saying is, you don't imagine Jesus into existence. He's there. Whether you think about him in the back, or whether you don't even have any images, you just talk to him and don't even try to put him anywhere in your mind. You just say, I know you're here. But I'm, I'm saying to you, there's something about an awareness of God's presence that would change everything about our lives. And I just personally believe it is so important that sometimes we might have to buckle him in, or sometimes we might have to say, now, Lord, I know there is a sense, literally, if you're my rear guard, that you are in the back seat of this car. And so, Lord, what are you thinking back there? And just sometimes to do a little something like that is so very helpful. I heard a story years ago about a chaplain who was making his rounds one night in a hospital. He was visiting in the hospice part of that hospital, people who were very terminally ill and, and uh, you know, facing death. He went into a man's room one night, and the man was, was in a very serious condition. But not only was he physically sick, he was scared. He was emotionally distraught. And so the chaplain sat down and introduced himself, and he said, Now, tell me what it is physically that you're battling. And the man told him what he had. And the chaplain said, Well, now, what are the doctors saying about you? And the doctors said, Well, the doctors are saying that it's just a matter of time that uh, there's not anything else that they can do for me. My organs are shutting down. And, and, and so they're just having this conversation. And the patient said to the chaplain, he said, but you know what really makes this so hard is I'm in this room all alone. He said, my family lives hundreds of miles away, and I'm just by myself. And so the chaplain wisely said to the man, sir, are you, 
do you feel like you're saved? Have you ever received Jesus? And he said, oh yes, I know I'm saved. He said, I know God's here with me. I know I'm not alone. He said, I'm just telling you, I feel alone. And so the chaplain was trying to think of something he could say to help that man in his lonely and dying condition. And so the chaplain looked around the room and he saw a chair in the corner of the room. And he said to the patient, he said, sir, I'm going to make a suggestion to you that might be helpful. Might want to think about doing it. And he said, well, I'll do anything if you think it'll help me not feel so alone. He said, well, you've already said you're saved, so we both know that Jesus is in this room with you. And uh, whether we feel him or not, we know he's here. But he said, do you see that chair in the corner? And the man said, yeah, I see that chair. He said, well, in a few minutes, I'm going to have prayer over you, and I'm going to leave, and I won't be back until tomorrow night. But he said, tonight, as you're laying here in this bed, and if you can't sleep, and it becomes a long night, he said, when you look over at that chair, I want you just to use your imagination and imagine Jesus Christ sitting in that chair. Now remember, we're not imagining Jesus into existence. He's with us whether we do things like this or not. But the chaplain was just trying to give that man something tangible, something helpful that he could do. And so he said, you just imagine Jesus sitting in that chair. And you talk to him just like you would talk to him if he were sitting there. Tell him you're afraid. Tell him you feel lonely. Tell him everything that's on your mind. Tell him you're grateful that he has saved you and going to take you to heaven. Just tonight, it could be a long night, and as it goes on, you just talk to Jesus as though he were in that chair. He was trying to make Jesus seem more real to that man. And so the chaplain prayed over him and left, and the man laid staying in his bed because he couldn't. He, he, could, he could get up, but he couldn't do anything other than that. And so he laid there for a few minutes, and he looked at that chair, and he thought about what the, doc, what the chaplain had said. And anyway, time went on. And 24 hours later, the chaplain was back in the hospital making his rounds, and he walked in that room. And when he walked in the room, he noticed the room had been cleaned up, spick and span. The bed had been made, new sheets. Nobody was in that bed. It was em- the room was empty. And so the chaplain went down to the nurse's station and said, and since the chaplain kind of worked for the hospital, they could... Have an open conversation. Chaplain said to one of the nurses, he said, the gentleman that was in so-and-so room that I came to visit last night, did he die during the middle of the night? And the nurse said, yes, he did. In fact, she said he died early this morning. And the nurse said to the chaplain, it was the strangest thing that any of us had ever seen. And she said, I wasn't on the shift when they found him dead, but The morning crew told this story to those of us coming on the night shift. And she said, again, it's the most amazing thing. And the chaplain said, well, what happened? And the nurse said, well, when the first nurse went in this morning to make her morning rounds, she found that man not laying in his bed as he had been every other day when she went, but she found that man on his knees at the foot of that chair laying on the chair she said it was the strangest description she said it was like that man died hugging that chair well sometimes visualizing the presence of god can be very very helpful now remember we don't imagine god into existence he's already there god's with us whether we visualize him being with us or not but in this walk of faith sometimes it is helpful for us to visualize jesus right there with us. You may be listening today. There you are driving down the interstate and maybe you're worried, stressed out, anxious. 
you don't sense God's presence, I would just encourage you today, visualize Jesus in that car with you right now, seated right next to you. He's there. So just visualize him there. Maybe you're listening today from your home and you're alone. Maybe you live alone. And maybe you're not doing well physically and you just feel so very abandoned and so very isolated. I would encourage you today, visualize Jesus right there in that house with you. Visualize Jesus sitting in a chair at the kitchen table on the back porch. Visualize Jesus. Now, He's there whether you visualize Him or not, but sometimes that really helps. Maybe you're in a hospital today or a nursing home, and you just feel like you're all by yourself. Find a chair and visualize Jesus sitting in that chair. Sometimes by doing that, it helps us to be reminded of what is already true anyway, that God is always with us. I hope this program has been a blessing to you. Have a great week. Join us next time.